Hello, friends, and welcome to the Wisdom for Life broadcast. This is Pastor Glenn with another episode that we hope will bless you. Hey, would you turn your Bibles this morning to Proverbs chapter 4, verse 10. Going to cut the message in half today. We, we are excited to have a baptism at the end of the service today. So, you know, that's good. That's good. And also, I'm looking forward to... Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing some folks begin to follow Christ in a brand new way, in a brand new year. And I just want to pass along to you this idea for this sermon series that we're doing right now called Unstuck. The thing we're going to be talking about today is how many times believers get stuck in wanting to do the perfect will of God. They have this expectation on their life that there's just one thing and one thing only that they could do for the kingdom. And if they don't do that one thing, then they've absolutely failed. And that's not the case. I hope to teach this morning that the will of God is actually a path that you walk with the Holy Spirit and that the Holy Spirit shows you God's will over a lifetime. That it isn't something that as a young child you get downloaded from the Lord, like who I'm going to marry right? Come on. And what school I'm going to attend and what decision I need to make. How many of you used to play with a little toy back in the day called eight ball? Yeah. You know, not, not exactly a very good spiritual toy at all. Okay. But you'd shake it up, right? You'd ask it a question, you'd shake it up and then it would come back with some answer. And I think sometimes we look at the will of God that way, that we, if, if I could just be shook up a little bit in my prayer life, that God's just going to come back with some answer that's just going to be so precise that I'll know exactly what it is I'm supposed to do and I won't miss God. And I just want to tell you something. It doesn't work that way. I, I, I'm here to tell you I used to believe it did, though. Can, can I just tell you before we dive in this morning, I've had to learn the hard way with my children that the will of God comes in ways that I am not going to immediately understand. All three of my kids at one time in their adult lives were in full-time ministry. All three. Now only one is. Being in full-time ministry, I was so proud of that. I thought, look, I've really achieved what God had wanted me to do as a father. Because if all three of my kids are called in the full-time ministry, then we must all be in that perfect place with God. Can I just tell you something? It was a heartbreak. When one of my children came to me one day and said, Dad, I am called to the ministry, but not in a church. I'm going to be a teacher now. I just, I just met with Caitlin this week, and she's going back to Evangel, a full-ride scholarship for her master's degree. And this is, this is what's awesome. She is a light as a missionary. Come on. And I thought it was just a missionary in Japan. But she is a light as a missionary to every one of those students that come through those doors. And I had to wrap my heart and my head around that. That my perfect little idea of the way things ought to be, God is probably going to shake it up and shake me up. My son was a pastor full-time in Philadelphia. He was successful. In fact, as a children's pastor, he had more kids in his children's ministry than I've ever pastored in my life. In fact, you could take all the churches that I've pastored as a lead pastor, put them all together, and it still wouldn't equal how many kids that he was pastoring. And one day my son came to me and said, Dad, that isn't where I'm going now. God is going to have me do this. And when he, did, when he said that to me, I, you know, it broke my heart. 
because I had this perfect idea. Come on. And we do this to other people. We do it to people that we love. We do it to ourselves. And I hope to break down just a couple of those misconceptions here today. Look at Proverbs chapter 10, or chapter 4, verse 10. It says, I have taught you, look at this here, the way of wisdom. Can you say way? Way, way of wisdom. Now, wisdom personified here is the word, watch this in Hebrew, chokmah. Chokmah, say it with me. Chokmah. Chokmah means path. Chokmah does not mean decision. Chokmah means path. It's something you walk in and you learn as you go. As you're in the journey with the spirit of wisdom, which we know is the Holy Spirit, God reveals more and more and more. And so when you see this word here for wisdom, don't think as much of a what, think of more of a who. And the who is the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God is leading you. And it's a path. Now stay with me. It says, I have led you. Now look at this next word. I have led you in the paths, plural, of uprightness. Can, can I just help you? In Psalms 23, it tells us, David says this. It says, of the good shepherd, you have led me in the paths of righteousness. Not path. Oh, come on, you need, you, need, you need to get this. Not path, paths. Woo. We have this idea that there's only one tiny little way, and the way is Jesus. That direction is Jesus. But let me tell you, there's lots of things you can do for the Lord and glorify Him. Amen. Now, i got to tear down some things, because some of you are already like, well, pastor... I got to tell you the truth. There's only one, there was only one person in the world for me to marry, right? And then you married him. And then you realized I got to live with this person the rest of my life. And do you know what people will come in and tell a pastor? They'll say this to a pastor. Listen to this. They'll say this to a pastor. They'll say, well, obviously I didn't marry the right one. God's perfect will for my life because look what I have to live with. Christians will get divorced over that wrong theology. Listen, that is deception. God is far more concerned about your heart condition. He's far more concerned about you being content in Him than you finding some perfect world to live in that you think He's created for you here. That perfect place that He's created for you is in heaven with Jesus. If you're not careful, you'll start judging everything around you and just saying, well, that must not have been God's will because it ain't perfect. Good luck with that. There ain't anything on this planet that's perfect. Can you be content with the Lord and, and, and be the person you need to be? It's more about you being who you need to be than finding what it is you think you need to find. Can I ask you, can I ask you to do this? If you're praying to get married, Pray this way. Don't pray just for the right one to marry. Start praying that you'll be the right one to be married. Come on. Start praying that your heart would change. Who am I talking to? So many people. Stop praying that God would give you a business and start praying that God would make you faithful with your finances now. You don't even tithe, but you think you need to run a Christian business. Are you hearing me? You're late on your payments all the time, but you think you need to be an employer. Are you hearing me? 
And God looks at that and says, I want your heart to be in the right place. Walk with me in the paths of righteousness. I ought to just close right there. That's, that's enough. I ain't bragging. That's just the Lord, man. That, that's enough. When you walk, your step, look at these promises. Your step will not be hampered. If you run, you will not stumble. That's a promise. But stay on the path. Keep hold of instruction. Do not let it go. Guard her. Watch this. Wisdom is now personified. It's a her. Now, I'm not going to get all weird and all funky on you. But there are Hebrew words in the Old Testament for the Holy Spirit that are in the feminine. That doesn't mean, there's, that doesn't mean God is a male or a female. It means that there is a part of God that is represented in the female gender. Watch this. In the image of God, he created male and female. Come on. So, so understand that Jesus later says about the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is the spirit of wisdom. The ruah in the Old Testament is a feminine word. It doesn't mean the Holy Spirit is necessarily a girl. Don't hear it that way. But hear this, there is a part of God that you're going to have to adjust to if you think that every decision is make, made like a male makes one. Oh, you just want to throw a tomato. Do you know how many things I run past my wife because I just boldly go where no man has gone before? I go right into a situation like a bull in a china shop. Come on. And I need wisdom. He starts to personify wisdom here as a her. For she is your life. Do not enter the path of the wicked and do not walk in the way of evil. Avoid it. Do not go on it. Turn away from it and pass on. For they cannot sleep unless they have done wrong. They are robbed of sleep unless they have made someone stumble. For they eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. But the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn. Here's another promise which shines brighter and brighter until full day. The more you're on that path, the more you stay in line with the Word of God, the more you live your life in a way that shines God's light on a situation. Thy Word is a light or a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. The more that shines, the clearer it gets over time. And you get to know the Lord more and more and more. The key is knowing Him. Then knowing what it is He wants you to do. Yeah. Know Him first. And it will all become clear. Right? It says, The way of the wicked is like deep darkness. They do not know over what they stumble. My son, be attentive to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not escape from your sight. Keep them within your heart. For they, they are a life to those who find them and a healing to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all vigilance. Watch this. For from it flows the spring of life. I want you to see this right here. God is saying through Solomon to his son, it's really all about guarding your heart because it's the wellspring of life. More important than the next decision you need to make. And by the way, if you're interested on a book of decisions, go to Amazon. I wrote one last year, 150 pages. Read it. If you can't afford it, I'll pay for it. How about that? No amens. Okay. You can read 150 pages of that book or you can just do this. 
say every single morning of every single day, Holy Spirit, start right here. Start in my heart. Change my heart, oh God. Make me like yours. Whatever breaks your heart should break mine. I want to know, God, your heart, and I want to be like you. Let that be the first thing you do, and then all the decisions that come after that fall in line and in order. How can I say that? Because Jesus said, if you'll seek ye first the kingdom of God and all of its righteousness, all these things will be added unto you. Hallelujah. Amen. Man, praise God. I'm preaching to myself. It says, put away from you crooked speech and and put devious talk far from you. That, you know, that's the kind of deceptive. Oh, don't you look nice today? You're lying. People say stuff like that. Can I, can I tell you another one? Oh, bless their heart. That's a big fat Christian lie. Bless their heart. Now I'm going to throw them under a bus. Well, Pastor, I say that. Stop saying it. Go bless them. Don't be devious in your speech. You know, and if your heart ain't right about him, get your heart right before you open your mouth. Hello, man, that'll help you out. Hey, you know what's really bad? What's really bad is there's a camera in every room of this church right now. Okay, you don't get me. And it's for security, but it's picking up all kinds of stuff you say all the time. You'd be surprised what people say in church. You'd be surprised what the pastor has said in church. Put away that crooked speech. Lastly, let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. Ponder the path of your feet, then all your ways will be sure. Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Turn your foot away from evil. Come on, pray with me. Father, in the name of Jesus this morning, help us to walk with the spirit of wisdom. Help us to stay on the path, which is your word. God, help us to make every decision based upon a heart that wants to come closer to you. Not, God, asking you to do things that, or bless the things that we do, but, God, doing the things that you've blessed. We give you the praise and thanks for this. In Jesus' precious name, everybody said, amen. amen. Let's make a deal. Monty Hall, I'm showing my age. Monty Hall would get up and let's make a deal. And he'd say, listen, you can, be, you can have what's behind one of these three doors. Okay? You can pick one of these three doors. And what you need to know about this game, if you're not old enough to understand it, is behind two of those doors are goats. And about behind one of those doors is usually something like a car. Right? And Monty Hall would say, now, listen, you get to pick one, and then I'll show you one. Right? And then on the last pick, you get to see if you want to change your mind or not. Come on. And so usually somebody would pick door number one or three or whatever, and there'd be a, a goat behind that door, and they'd say, oh my, I need that car. I want that car. I want that car. Monty Hall would say, well, listen, you know, you could, you could stay with what you got or you can move to the other door. He'd show them one of the other doors. It'd be another goat. And a lot of times they'd miss out on the car. What am I talking about this morning? Sometimes we think that God is Monty Hall. Sometimes we think with God, we have to pick the perfect door. Sometimes we think with God, if we don't pick the perfect door, the rest of our life's going to be a goat. Can I tell you, there are people in the Bible that did exactly what God wanted them to do, and they had goat for their entire life. <laughs> they had a goat life, right? 
And if you're not careful, you'll begin to think that God wanted all of this for you when God really is just preparing you here for there. And God wants you to understand that, that you're going to come into some situations in life where you're going to pick a door, there's going to be a goat, and God's going to say, well, listen, I want to see how you can deal with that goat. And if, you're, and, and if you're kind to that goat, and if you're loving to that goat, you might just get some milk. Hello? Things might not too, be too bad. There's a song came out a long time ago. It says, can't be with the lo- one you love, love the one you live. Right? Love that person. Give that person some love. God wants to see if you can be content and serve him in the middle of what life has handed you. I want to talk to you about that a little bit here because, you know, sometimes we kind of look at the situation we're in and we smack the top of our head and we go, I wish I, I, I could have had a V8. This was dumb. This was a dumb decision. How could God be in any of this at all? You know, I, I wish I could tell you how many pastors think that way when they respond to churches. They think, they think when they're just starting out with a church, they think, well, this is exactly where God wanted me. And then the honeymoon's over about three months later, and they go, dear God. It's, pastors do it too. This, this happens in relationships. This happens in jobs. You start a job, and at the front, you're like, you're telling everybody, oh, God bless me. I picked the right door. I didn't get a goat. And you're on that job for no more than three or four months, and you're like, dear Lord, I don't think this, will, this isn't God at all. This is the devil. This is horrible. Because what you, what you realize in that situation was is you didn't come to a perfect place where there were perfect people. I preached this before. Can I help you out with something? Even the garden wasn't a perfect place. It had a snake in it. Are you hearing me? And right now, heaven is empty of one-third, and you're going to make it complete. The angels, one-third of them got kicked out. God abhors a vacuum. He's going to complete heaven with the work of Jesus Christ through his church, the body of Christ. And listen, and then heaven will be complete and full. Can I just tell you something this morning? If you've got your eyes on perfection, put them on Jesus, because that's the only one that is perfect, who is perfect, and has done anything ever perfect. I know it ain't your spouse. He, I know he ain't perfect. Here's what people will do. They'll come to the pastor and they'll say, hey, pastor, I, I'm really trusting God here. I, I need to know, do I need to marry this person? And this is what I tell people. And you're not going to like this, but I'm, gonna, I'm just going to tell you. <clears throat> God's asking you that question. God's asking you that question. You, you know why? Because God's saying you're the one that's got to live with him for the rest of your life. Hello? God's asking you that question. First off, are they a believer? That's in God's word, right? Right? Are they somebody that loves the Lord? Are they somebody that's faithful, that walks in the ways of the Lord? That's good, right? Um, this is going to blow your mind, but are you attracted to them? Oh, that can't be biblical at all. <laughs> because God calls me to, I'm supposed to do a job I hate. Come on. I'm supposed to do a job I hate. I'm supposed to be with somebody I'm not attracted to. I'm supposed to go out there and have a miserable life, and that brings more glory to God. I got no friends in here this morning. You're scared to amen it because you're like, now wait a minute, that, that sounds a lot like the Bible to me. No, it doesn't. But you've got to ask yourself a question. If all of the things that are in the decision that are in front of you line up with God's word, then it's really you that's got to make the decision. 
And if you make that decision and you find out on the other side of it, it wasn't everything you thought it was cracked up to be, guess what? Join the honking crowd. <laughs> it's hitting a nerve with some of you. I'm looking at your face and your eyeballs are going. Mm -hmm. All right, all right. For your notes, I'm going to wrap it up here in just a few minutes. I'll give you the rest next week because the rest is meaty. You're going to come next week with a steak knife and a fork because it's going to be meaty, okay? We're not going to cut the fat. We're, we're going to cook the steak with the fat. It's going to be good. You, you know that's what gives a steak taste. You bunch of God-fearing people, you better know that. Well, I got a bunch of Muslims in here. Come on. This is a beef-eating church. I don't want to hear any of that vegan talk. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Be a vegan all you want. That's good. All right. So God is less concerned. He's less concerned, listen, on what lane you pick than he is about the direction you're going. Jesus says that I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus said I'm the door. That's the direction. You're headed towards Jesus. If your decisions don't line up with what Jesus taught, if your decisions don't light up with the Ten Commandments and the fruit of the Spirit, you're going the wrong direction. I'm going to simplify this because too many pastors has made it too complicated. It's not hard to know what God expects of you. Does the decision line up with the Ten Commandments and the fruit of the Spirit? Is it Jesus? Does it look like Jesus? If it don't look like Jesus, don't head that way. Don't go that way. And I want to talk to you about this a little bit. Because we're talking about how the wisdom of God is a path. And we looked at a couple of verses of Scripture where it says paths. Right? No, I don't know about you. I don't know what way you take to Dayton or to Columbus. Right? But I'm a Chicago boy. I grew up in Chicagoland area. And when I headed down to the city, there's I-90, there's I-95, there's I-80. And let me tell you what, they're all a nightmare. A complete nightmare. You don't know? That's good. Stay here in God's land. This is God's country. Trust me. We need little booths with pastors in them along those interstates just to lead people back to the Lord because of all the cussing and the carrying on they did in their car. I'm serious, guys. There'll be six lanes, seven lanes even, and they'll narrow down to just one because of construction that's been going on ever since I was a young man, five years old. <laughs> We've been paying for it since I was five. I don't know who I'm talking to, but I, you know, and then people just lose it. And then, uh, listen, don't, don't get mad. But what if you got to go potty? If you're stuck in that car and you're saying, you've never been in this before, but I have. And it's like, man, I'm trying to get to a potty. And then you're stuck on this highway now. You can't get through. What do we got all these lanes for? Come on. Now, it, now in Ohio, I guess the guy's name is... Jack Marchbanks, that's the Secretary of Transportation in Ohio. Jack Marchbanks. I had to look this up. I don't know who this guy is. I guess it's Pete Buttigieg or Jug or something for the whole country. Okay? Yeah, he needs prayer. He does. <laughs> Not because of his job. Okay. But the guy, the guy that does this for Ohio, his name's Jack. Now, if you're headed down to Dayton... And let's say you take one of these interstates. Let's say, let's say you, it, it's, there's three lanes. 
and you're headed down to Dayton, you're headed to Columbus, you won't want to call up Jack on the phone and say, now I'm headed the right direction, but hey, Mr. Jack, I want to make sure that I'm in the perfect lane. Now you're, you're paid by my tax dollars. It's your job to tell me what perfect lane I should be in because I want to get there the fastest. Now I'm going to tell you what Secretary of Transportation is going to tell you. <laughs> pick one. Anyone. Just pick a lane. And you're going to go, no, no, you don't understand. I want the lane for me. Now, <clears throat> Here's what I've known about traffic, and I'm not the world's, because listen, I get lost in my hometown. I need my wife to navigate. If you've driven anywhere with me, you've prayed in tongues the whole time, you know it's bad. But if there's anything I know about traffic, as soon as I pick a lane that I think's going faster, (laughs) come on. And then the other lane's speeding up. I'm like, what? This is crazy. And then I got to get over there. So then I get over there as quickly as I can, and guess what happens? It slows down, and the other lane starts speeding up. Now I call Jack on the phone and say, Jack, I want to know the right lane. Give me the right lane so that I know that, that I won't be in a lane that's going to stop me. He's going to say, pick one, because it goes to the destination. That's right, you need to pick one. And you probably need to stay in it. You probably need to stay in your lane. And I've seen people pick marriages this way. I, come on, I've seen people pick churches this way. Well, look what's happening at that church. I need to get in over there at that church. Oh, that's great. And then you get over there and it suddenly slows down. I'll tell you why. Because you came there. You were at that church. That's why it slowed down. You showed up. I'm just telling you the truth. It's a, you, just pick a lane and, and stay in your lane. You, you don't call Jack up and say, is this the right lane? You don't have to call God up and say, is this the right lane? But you do need to make sure your direction's right. God, is this the right direction? And God's going to say, yes, because it's in my word. And he's going to confirm it with his word. That's where you want to look for it. Because we all learn the rules of the road, right? And while we're on the road, there's guardrails. And those guardrails are are the word of God. And it's all right there in the scriptures. So before you go making a decision, you do pray. You say, God, I want to make sure my direction's right. And God, most of all, I want to make sure my heart is right. I want to be on your GPS. That's God's positioning spirit to get me to the right destination. But along the way, there are going to be several lanes. You're going to have to pick one. Listen, can I, can I just tell you something? I, I wanted to be here to pastor. I want to be here. And that brings more glory to God. That's a decision of the heart. Is there times that things just slow down to a complete stop? Yeah. And I don't go, well, there's got to be another lane for me. Maybe if I get in that lane over there at that church, maybe things will happen. No, 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 no. No. We're headed towards heaven. We're following the word of God. We're walking with the spirit of God. And I'm going to stay in my lane. I'm going to stay in my marriage. I'm going to stay in relationship with you. I'm going to keep loving you. It's an REO Speedwagon song. You're going to keep loving me. And we're going to see God grow things. Come on. Amen. 
You're not wasting God's time with these questions. He doesn't go, no, why'd you ask me about that? He loves for you to talk to him. But you can, you know what? (laughs) You can get to the destination a little faster if you start praying in a way that says, God, just just deal with my heart. And make sure that my heart is lined up with your word and on the right path, okay? Choose a lane. You say, that's not biblical. Okay, Colossians 3.23. I'm going to read it slowly. (laughs) Whatever you do, I'm going to read it even slower. Let me do my job, please. Thank you, though. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working unto the Lord. What is the answer to what God wants? Whatever you do, do it with all your heart. As unto the Lord. Lord. Well, only preachers are called. Everyone that's saved is called. And your calling is just as, if not more effective than my calling. This is what I love to do. I love to teach God's word. And I love to spend time with people. Not everybody should do this. Trust me. Because not everybody likes people. Not everybody wants to teach God's Word, but I do. There are great math teachers in here and great science teachers and leaders and people of industry and people that, that work in the ministry of healing in the medical field. There are people that, one of the greatest things that ever happened, just pardon me here, but I'm no segue. One of the greatest things that ever happened to Assembly of God history is when we started making our universities or our Bible colleges universities. Let me break that down for you. We had degrees that were for pastors, and then we had degrees that were for nurses too. And we had degrees that were for teachers. And we had degrees that were for uh, leaders in the business, in the marketplace. Why is that so important? Because God has called all of those people to the ministry full time. Can you give God some praise? Whatever you do. Well, Pastor, I just gotta know what God want me to do with whatever. I don't know. It's not biblical. Psalms 1-3. A righteous man. He shall be planted like a tree by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. The key is where you're planted. The key is where you're rooted. The key is what you're growing from. Is it, is it by the river? Is it coming from the Lord, from the Holy Spirit? You say, well, pastor, I know, I know I'm just going to do this sinful thing and I'm going to do it as unto the Lord. Not for long. Because what's going to happen is, is going the wrong direction on a highway that should go one way is going to end up in a car wreck. You see, it's one way many lanes but only one way there aren't a thousand paths to god this isn't universalism this isn't i can get to jesus through buddha i can get to the father through confucius i can get there by being a hindu all these things are all these things are godly too no 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 none of those people came down and lived a perfect life 
and then took on your sin. None of those people took on your imperfection so that you might have perfect relationship with the Father. What sets Jesus apart is that he is the only one that came down and made a difference for me. And listen, I can walk in his path, in his footsteps, and I make it to the Father. Huh. The righteous man is planted. Whatever he does prospers. How about this? 1 Corinthians 7, 39. Paul writes to the widows here, and he says this. They are at liberty to be married to whomever they wish, but only in the Lord. Do you see that? Do you see that? Paul doesn't say, now wait, 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 wait a minute, guys. Wait a minute. Now, I have a 10-step process for you to go through. All of these things, you have to check off all these boxes, right? And if you check off all these boxes, then you're marrying the perfect person. Can I break this down? This happens to college kids. College kids know that the likelihood of who they're going to marry is going to happen while they're in college at some point. They're going to meet somebody at, at that time. And college kids will come and talk to pastors this way, and they'll say, well, what am I going to do? Because if I go to the wrong college, I, won't, I will meet the wrong person. And then I won't be with the right person that I'm supposed to marry. And then my whole entire life will be a complete disaster. Can I just tell you something? Listen, listen. <laughs> you don't need to do God's job for him. That's right. Let me break it down a little bit more. If you've ever seen that movie, Back to the Future, there's that moment where Mar Marty McFly pulls out the picture, right? And it, everything in the picture starts fading because everything doesn't line up just right. You don't know anything about Marty McFly? Oh, yeah. Oh, God bless you. I'm looking at some of you like, who's Marty? Come on, Doc. Yeah, DeLorean, flux capacitor. Yeah. Get saved, church. Yeah. Everything doesn't line up in the picture because everything didn't line up so-so, so they had to go back to the future or back to the past. That always confuses me. And then uh, you, uh, there's got to be this moment where uh, Biff Malibu, come on now, he's the devil. Biff's the devil, <laughs> right? Biff Malibu has to be in just the right spot to say something to Marty's mom, and then Marty's dad, who's a complete geek and a wimp, has to go, now you, Biff, you don't talk to her that way, and check him, and then the, the picture all comes back to be perfectly clear. That is ridiculous. You serve a God that is bigger than that. You serve a God who loves you more than that. Can I just tell you, he wants to make sure that the picture of your life comes out better than you do. And your idea of what a great life will ever be pales in comparison to what he has planned for you. Can you say amen, church? Okay, three amens. That means wrap it up, buddy. <laughs> yeah, part two. Yeah. All right. So yeah, I got a whole lot more, but we're going to get into some baptisms. But you know me before we land the plane, but wait, there's more. Yeah. Just one more thing. One more thing. One more thing. This whole, this whole thing with Adam and Eve started with a walk. The Lord would show up in the cool of the day. This whole thing started with a walk. This whole thing about Jesus is a walk. It's a walk of faith. And when they sinned, watch this, God still showed up for the walk. 
Come on, I'm preaching to somebody. God didn't say, no walk for you. You ate of the fruit of that tree. I told you not to do it. God still showed up for the walk. And he called out to Adam and Eve and said, where are you? He knew. They didn't know. They were lost, not God. God's will for your life is not lost. So stop saying, I don't know God's will. I can't find it. His will ain't lost because God isn't lost. You and I, all we have to do is make that decision every day. I want to walk with you. I want to talk with you. I want you to be my guide. Some of you, your prayer life is like eating a bowl of alphabet soup. You like, it's like some of these other pagan religions. You like reading the tea leaves. We got Christian ways of doing that. We think, right? So, <laughs> now God, I know I'm supposed to marry Sarah if I go down into my vegetable soup and I come up with the name Sarah. <laughs> Is there a voice from heaven or something? Where did that come from? I don't know, okay. Um, <laughs> God, I know if I'm supposed to go to that church if I bring it up and it says Finley, fir Finley First. Oh, well, there's just two F's in it. That's Finley First. That's where I'm supposed to be. Oh, I love this soup, God. They're called fleeces. God, if you show me 15 signs... It, you know, and there's another, there's another movie that has that, you know, where, where I'm on the wrong, tell me, God, speak to me, God. If I'm on the wrong road, tell me. And there's like 30 signs in a row on the highway that tells the guy, you're going the wrong way. I'm not going to advocate the show, but. Well, God, if, God, if tomorrow, God, if tomorrow, if that boss calls me back, then I'll know it's you that I'm supposed to get that job. Watch this, watch this. Just do a honking, just go to work. This is for men. I'm 42 now, God, and I think this woman would like to marry me. But I'm just not sure. She's a Christian woman. I need a wife. I'd like to start a family. But I just don't know, God. Get the honking passy out of your mouth. Yeah, right. Go be a man of God. Get down on one knee and do something in faith. Okay. You're like, Pastor, I can't believe you just said that. Believe it. I just did. Yeah. It ain't hard. We play the will of God like the hokey pokey. And you kids, I love you kids, but you don't know anything about the hokey pokey. Back in the day when you went around on four skates, four wheels on a skate, and you went to a place called a roller rink, and there were guys that could skate backwards and guys that I could do things I can't even do with my shoes on. I, right in the middle of the skate night was the hokey pokey. The hokey pokey. Yeah, you'd stop right where you were. Everybody stop, everybody stop. No more skating, we're doing the hokey pokey, everyone. <laughs> you get in a big old like circle, right? You put your right foot in, you put your right foot out. 
Your right foot in, shake it all about. You do the hokey pokey and you turn yourself around. That's what it's all about. Woo, yeah. A completely stupid dance. There isn't anything about it that's really going to get you anywhere in life. There are people that are going to go to their deathbed not experiencing any of the goodness of God because they played hokey pokey with every stinking decision they've ever made. With analysis, paralysis, and total fear, they put their right foot in and they, they dip their toe in and, well, it's, it's, you know, the pool is a little bit, it's a little bit too cold for me. I think I'll sit this one out. You know what you need is somebody to come along and push you in that pool. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, what kind of church have I come to? God won't do that. He will never push you. He'll only draw you. He's a shepherd. That means he goes first. And you're going to want God to push you. You're going to want God to say, show me in the clouds. Show me some way, God. I'll pick up a flower. He loves me. He loves me not. Show me some way, God, that I know for sure this is what I ought to be doing. And he won't do that. The only thing he'll do is draw you by dealing with your heart. And you will find that your life will begin to line up with his will more and more as you seek him, not just his will. In fact, you seek him even more than his will. And your, your life just begins to line up more. You know, Adam needed a wife too. He didn't worry about that. All he did was seek Jesus. All he did was seek God the Father. And the more he fell in love with the Father, the more that God said, it's not good for man to be alone. I'll give you one. How about that, right? Put down your alphabet soup and your hokey pokey. This ain't the Old Testament where you got to throw out a fleece. Come on, Gideon. We're in the New Testament. We've got the Holy Spirit. Every one of you are filled with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost. You should be. You can be. It's yours to the asking. And then the Bible says, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of the Spirit of God who giveth liberally to all men. Spirit of wisdom is yours anytime you need it. Should you get counsel? Sure. Does that trump the Spirit of God? Nope. Should you uh, check yourself before you wreck yourself? Sure. But does that trump the Word of God, the counsel of the Holy? No. No. At some point, should you engage this world and quit playing hokey pokey? Here's what 2024 is going to look like for this church. I'm going to ask many of you to do ministry. I'm going to get you out of the pews. And I don't want this. Please don't do this because i got lots of scripture for you if you do. <laughs> well, let me go pray about it and see if God wants me to do anything. He's already commissioned you. Or this. I simply am not called to that. Then what are you called to? Your life is on purpose. You're here for a reason. People's lives are going to be changed if you'll pick a lane. 